Seven Dragon Radio. I'm your host, Emma Ruschak. I'm here with special guest, Cynthia Terrells. Welcome. Thank you. And do I detect a little bit of an Australian accent? Yes, a completely Australian accent. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, you are a wonderful author. You have several books out. So what led you into writing? As a child, I, I started writing my first novel at about 16. And then I put it aside for many, many years. And then another friend was telling me how she was writing a book. And then I decided to grab that manuscript out and look at it again. And that's where it started again. Awesome. And to date, how many books do you, have you written? Or do you know? Uh, I have four published and another one coming out next month. Oh, wonderful. So you have, they're mostly romance novels, correct? Yes, they are. Contemporary romance. So what gravitated you to this genre? I wanted to do contemporary romance because I thought if I did historical that there would be lots of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, thanks. (laughs) That's I was going to say investigating, but that was completely wrong. Yes, lots of research. But I really fooled myself because even in contemporary romance, you need to do lots of research because you're writing about things that you don't know about. Right. It doesn't matter what genre you're writing about unless you're like science fiction or no, fantasy fiction, not science fiction. Science fiction has a lot of research you need. But fantasy fiction is the only thing you can make completely without research. Yep. But even with fantasy fiction, it still needs to be realistic enough for people to be able to relate to it. Right. I mean, you still have to make your characters humanoid or, you know, something like that. Even if they're dragons and cat walking people or something, they have to have humanoid characteristics. We have to be able to relate to the character. But with contemporary romance, obviously we're dealing with humans and you're traveling to different places that you haven't been, or maybe you have been. Yes. Well, some of the places in my novels I have been to, so I was able to use personal experience. So in, say, The Cat's Out of the Bag, the two main characters travel across Australia, and my daughter and I, when she was eight, we travelled for three years around Australia so we were, I was able to use a lot of my experiences in the book, but some of the places I write about I've never been to. Like what? Um, so in my recent novel, there's a place called Steep Point. Um, that's the most western point of Australia in Western Australia. And I had never been there. So basically I had to watch YouTube videos, um, just research on Google, look at photos and things so I could get a sense of the place. See, I'm, I have never been to Australia, so you teach it by doing these podcasts with my friends from down under. I'm learning about Australia without ever being there. <laughs> so I'm living vicariously by my authors that I have been interviewing. But, you know, as researchers, we do the same thing. Yes, absolutely. We. I can't have been everywhere. <laughs> so in this, in the last, the book that I'm publishing now, um, the characters go to the most extreme points of Australia. So mm-hmm. they go to the most extreme Western point 
and then they go to the most extreme eastern point, which is um, the Byron Bay Lighthouse, and then they also go to the most extreme northern point. So it was a lot of research. It was very interesting to learn. Now, are there reasons they go to the extremes on these different points? No. So um, the two characters are on a bus tour along the Western Australian coast, and that's part of the bus tour. But then when they reach the other side of the country and they're going back to their normal lives, um, they wanted to do something special together on the other side of the country, so they went to the most extreme eastern point. Ah, okay. So there is a little bit of reasoning there, but at the same time, not really. It's just something fun for the characters to do. Yes, yep. So awesome. sometimes my characters go travelling. So in um, The Cats Out of the Bag, they did the um, road trip across the Nullarbor. Um, in um, A Bird in the Hand, which the, is the next book, they travel Western Australia. Um, in Let Sleeping Dogs Lie, it was a scavenger hunt across Sydney. So they would receive clues and then they would have to decipher where the places were from those clues. So that was really interesting to research. Do it. Okay. I love scavenger hunts. So do it as scavengers hunt for me as wonderful. How are they mixing in a romance, not romance scene in there as well. Now he giving me something I want to read because there's a little bit of a treasure hunting kind of in there. Okay, so the book is um, about Tara and Shepard and it's a second chance romance and Shepard knows that Tara loves scavenger hunts. She used to do them with her brother when she was younger. So he creates this um, imaginary scavenger hunt with a, an imaginary $3 million prize and invites her along to it, but she doesn't know that he's involved. And then when they meet their partners for the scavenger hunt, she finds out that it's him. And then he realises that she has plans for these $3 million. And so while they're on the scavenger hunt, he has to try and get $3 million. Yeah, that's a little bit. As a price. Yeah, if you're going on a scavenger hunt and there's a prize, you already automatically go, oh, I can use this for ABC. You don't yes, go exactly. in the person putting on maybe imaginary for them just so they can get to know the other person. I can see the yes. problems there. Lots of problems. So he starts to feel guilt and he's trying to get the money and then they're falling in love again. So he's feeling guilty about that as well. So yes, lots of drama happening. <laughs> it sounds like it. I mean, but that yes. makes a great read. You have your drama, yes. you have a little bit of a suspense and drama and conflict because how are they going to get this three million dollars is he going to tell her it was imaginary to begin with you, there's a whole mess of stuff that you have to figure out as a reader yep yes that, that was a fun book to write so the one that's coming out next month what's the name of that one that's a bird in the hand okay so that yep. that's so we can look for that one because that's going to be a fun read when it comes out. Yes, so that's the bus tour up the east coast of Australia and they they go as two separate groups and they mm -hmm. meet um, during the bus tour. So they've got the developing learning about each other then the developing relationship and we learn about their past relationships as well. So it's, it's a good read, I think. 
Well, it's always a fun when you can go onto a trip, learn about someone that you just met, literally. How many times have we heard about a romance that happened on a cruise ship? Exactly. Know? I have a friend who um, met her husband on a cruise ship. <laughs> That's funny. I, was, I just threw something out there, you know. But we read about this. We know people, you know, vicariously that met people just on a cruise trip or they're out in Vegas and they are just there for a wild weekend and meet their forever lover, you know? Exactly. Yep. It happens. It's amazing how it works. Yeah, it is. It's fun to see it in real life, but to read about it, you can actually relate to the characters because it can actually happen. Exactly. You know that it's happened before. So that's still based on reality. Mm-hmm. Those are the yeah. fun reads. It's anything that can make, oh, this could happen to me, that feeling. I wish yes. that would have happened to me. You know, that, that connection as a reader. I mean, mostly you're having women readers, so we're all staffy to begin with. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if you're reading a romance novel, you're really sappy for romance. But that's what we want. That's not a bad thing. But you get these things that you're traveling or you're here, you're on a scavenger, you're traveling on a tour, you're doing whatever you're doing, you can relate and you want that in your own life. Exactly. Yes. Because lots of readers read to escape, but they don't want to escape to something that can't possibly be real. Right. Yeah. I mean, not always do I want to read a fantasy just to escape reality. I sometimes want to read something that can actually happen. Happen, yes. And leaves you feeling good and warm and fuzzy. Yes. We want those Hallmark movie uh, connections. Yes. Uh, we don't get Hallmark movies in Australia. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> People we have often to fix refer that. to them. You're, you're missing so many romance movies. <laughs> I know. I have lots of readers who refer to them and I say, okay, but I don't really know what they're talking about. But I can imagine they're just lovely love stories and romances mm-hmm. and feel good and sweet and happy. Yes, we, we have to get on the Crown uh, Media and go, why are you not in Australia? <laughs> Maybe we don't have enough people because we're – like we're a big country in mm-hmm. size, but in population, we're sitting maybe around the 22 million, a bit higher than that. So we don't have a large population. No, oh, that shouldn't matter. <laughs> no, I know. We should be able to get it anyway. <laughs> I mean, I don't look at ones and zeros when I go, oh, you need to watch this. That doesn't make sense that it's not there before you would watch it to connect with your readers more. That's me. That's the sappy part of me. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) We can all be sappy. Everyone, some people say that they're not sappy, but surely deep down there's some of it there. There, Somewhere, somehow you have the sappy moments. I mean, even if it's behind closed doors with their significant other, you have those sappy moments. Yep, exactly. You, You just don't admit to it. Yep. (laughs) And it just might be different to other people's type of sappy moments. Right. It could just, you know, it doesn't matter. You can't compare my sappy moments to your sappy moments. They're completely different. But in a book, you can 
pretend not to be sapping, so read it and do it behind closed doors and no one ever knows. Nope. <laughs> Best thing about a book, no one ever knows what you're reading. And if you have a box of tissues and ice cream next to you, you're good. Yep. <laughs> so we, we have- Why behind closed doors as well? Yeah, I know. I used to do that all the time. Just have my, I knew I was picking up a sappy book even if it's romantically sappy or you know whatever I would have my tissues because I know it's a sappy book but at the same time are you creating another one since you have the one coming out next month I just came up with a title the other day and mm -hmm. the blurb but I haven't started writing it yet um Publishing time is a really busy time for me, so I have to get lots of things in order and I have this list that's like 80 items long, so I'm trying to get through the whole list of pre-publishing things. So then once the book is published, then I start writing the next one. Uh, yeah, I can understand that because you have to have your marketing, you have to have your podcast, you have to have get the word out about the book. There's, yep. I'm a publisher, I get it. Trust me, I've had authors. Can you have this out in three weeks? But, well, I can. Is it going to be a big launch? Probably not. If you give no. me seven months, <laughs> which is what yeah. we recommend, you know, that's different. Yes, it certainly takes time. It's not just like, oh, here, here's the book. You've got lots of other things to do in between. Exactly. I mean, you. Yeah. I'm working with a new author myself and I'm showing him how long it takes to create the cover, create, get the font right on the cover. And then you have to have, put it in a marketing plan. What does that look like? Exactly. So, as you, as an author, you understand because this is your fourth book. Yes. And it changes with every book. So I had a cover artist that I used for the first three novels mm -hmm. and then um, family commitments came into her life and her, she, was, she just was really busy and she decided that she wasn't going to design covers anymore. And then it's been trial and error trying to find a new cover artist that communicates well, that um, works not not fast not like quick fast but works in the time frames that I need them to work in as well so it's a lot of trial and error getting the right people on your team mm -hmm. it's not just hey you're good at this I'm going to use you I've seen your yeah. work it doesn't work that way it doesn't matter what country you're in it doesn't matter if you're looking for a publisher a editor a cover designer a marketer, whatever you're looking for, finding the right fit for you is always key. Yep, exactly. And once you find that person, hang on to them. Mm -hmm. Because I'm, I might, as an author like Sally, as my cover designer, you may have a terrible experience with Sally and prefer to go over here with Tiffany. You know, yep. it just depends on what works for you as an author. Exactly. And it also um, some cover artists are booked in advance for six months or more. Mm -hmm. So if you write a book every six months and now you're trialing a new cover artist, you may not be able to fit into their timeline. Correct. I mean, yep. you, if you have a freelance designer, they book up fast, especially in the romance books. Yes. And especially if they're good mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it, it kind of is trial and error on everything. A good editor, if you have a good editor, hold on to them because they book oh, up yes. so fast. Yes. Uh, I learned that in, I think, my third book. I just thought I, I go through an editing company and I have a preferred editor in that company mm-hmm. and I just booked like I normally would and they said, oh, no, she's booked out you'll have to choose someone else. And then going through the list of names and their likes and their specialties and what they like Mm -hmm. to work on, and it was, oh, it hurt my head. (laughs) So now as as soon as I have a new book that's coming out, I and I know when, because I try to do a timeline, Mm -hmm. but when I will require the editing, I book straight away. Yeah, you have to. I mean, you cannot just say, hey, uh, Tom's over here. He's my editor. He's been my editor for books one through three. He's going to be here when I need him for book four, whatever books four is. And then you get there while Tom's booked up. Well, now you have to do go back to trial and error. And then you have these lists. And the lists are not small lists because you have three different types of editors. What kind of editor are you actually meeting? What kind of editor can you work with? Are they opinionated? Are they hey, tweak this, tweak that, or, you know, there's different styles in editing. Exactly. And some people deal well with the people who are really direct Mm -hmm. and then others need the softer approach. So you have to find someone that fits what you need. Mm -hmm. It's like my marketing team. It took me a long time to find marketing people that I can work with as a business owner versus what a author will work with because who I choose to work with is a lot different than who my authors choose. Yep, exactly. It's the fit that's best for me as an individual and as a company where my authors is the best fit for them. Yes. And what they, and it depends on where they are in their career as well. Like if they're at the start of their career and they don't really know much about marketing because lots of people think, oh, yeah, I can write a book. And, yeah, I can publish a book. But they don't realise that if they're um, self-published that they have to do everything for the book. Mm-hmm. So, yes, they need to learn about marketing. And if you read um, lots of indie authors then say that marketing is 70% of their time and the other 30% is actually writing. And that can be daunting to someone who's coming into the industry. Exactly. And a lot of your indie authors are writing their books while working a day job. Yes, I do. Think about this. You're working eight hours a day out of a 24-hour day. You have eight hours of sleep. Okay, so we're down to, you know, using 16. Now, the rest of that, you're writing, but 70% of that time is your marketing plan. Yep. You get and nothing done. Takes up a lot. And it's a different skill set as mm-hmm. well. So, yeah, it could be creative, but you've got to do, you've also got to do research on your marketing. You need to know who your ideal reader is, where you can find them, what sort of marketing will best target them. It's a lot of work. <laughs> it is. And that's why you need a team to do it because you can't do it all yourself. And yeah. you're going to be paying people to do the work for you because you don't have time to learn everything you need to know. Exactly. It would take forever to learn everything that we need to know. I mean, you would have to learn SEO. 
search engine optimization. Optimization, yep. You would need to know your, how to find your readers, where to market. You, there's 600 different places in marketing that you have to learn. Yep. And no one and, person can learn all of them. And I haven't even mastered one yet. <laughs> I can't seem to focus enough on one to learn it completely. It's okay. And this is why we, you know, you link up with a podcast or you link up with a PR person, you link up with a marketer, whoever you link up with. And then we get the words out about your books and where to find you. Yeah. Yes. And that's very helpful. And then I think um, a lot of people go into writing or in, want to be an indie author, but they don't realise the expense that's involved as well because you need, I pay for beta readers so and then I pay for editors and I pay for a proofreader, I pay for a cover designer. So there's all of these expenses, but if you don't do it right, if you don't do the editing or you don't get a proper cover design, you're doing your book a disservice. So you need to pay to have a professional product. Exactly. You have to run your book as an indie author like a business. Yes, exactly. If you're not treating it like a business, then it's a hobby. And then you cannot blame anyone else when you only have that one book sale. Yes, precisely. Even if you work with a publisher, you still are required to do some of the marketing yourself. Why? Yes. Because if you're not promoting yourself, not promoting your brand or your business, <clears throat> a publisher will lose interest in your product. Yep. And a lot of people don't realize that. A lot of people say, oh, I'll go with a traditional publisher and then I won't need to do that. But you do need to do that. Mm -hmm. A lot of traditional publishers these days don't do all of the marketing for you. Mm -mm. Um, I believe it's Rock Publishing. They do 50% of your marketing. If you're not doing the other 50%, they will only meet you halfway at most. Yep. So even if, you're, if you do nothing, they're going to do nothing for you other than put it on a shelf. Yep. And it can just sit on the shelf then because no one knows about it. Mm -hmm. And it will just stay there. Exactly. It doesn't matter if you're working with one of the top 10 publishers in the world or a self-publishing KDP, you know, draft to digital, whatever you're using. If you're not marketing your books, you're not building your brand. It's just going to sit exactly. there. Yes. And um, I think a lot of new authors don't realize that they are their brand. Mm -hmm. Everything they say and do is their brand. Mm -hmm. It is. If you have one thing on social media that you're ranting and raving about negatively, everyone sees that one negative comment. They're not going to see the 10 positives. Yep. Yep, and then you have to give 10 positives before they start forgetting about that negative. Mm -hmm. So yep. and then you get, oh, my book is selling so poorly. Well, why? Well, what are you posting on social media? Yep. So ev everything you do and say needs to be taken into consideration. You have to be a professional. If you're going into any type of publication, doesn't matter if it's news media, 
doing books, doing a podcast, if you're not being a true professional about it, you're never going to be up at the top. Yeah. But yes. where do you have a current website where our author or our authors, our readers, or our listeners can find you? So I'm on pretty much most of the social media channels. So yes, I have a website. So that's just my name, CynthiaTerrell.com. And I don't have a blog on there because I think a blog will take away from my time, my writing time. So I, I do have a news section where I post every now and then, but all of my books are listed there on the website. Well, you don't need a blog as a writer. You really don't. No. The website it should just be there for people to find you because it should exactly. connect back to all your social medias. And yep. it's just another outlet to find you. That's all. Yes, and I agree with that too. Lots of authors say that they need to have a blog and that's not something that interests me. So I don't believe that I should invest the time in it. No, it's not something that's really needed. It's just something if you have time and you can write one blog a month, kudos to you. I can't do it. (laughs) Neither can I. (laughs) I've got myself spread out way too far to be able to concentrate on that as well. And then if I miss a month, people will be disappointed and I don't want to disappoint anyone exactly I mean I cut back on my magazine to every other month just to be able to keep up with the publications yep and that just reminded me I have an article due for a magazine that I haven't written yet (laughs) what kind of article Uh, so I write for a local magazine and I it's just like a writer's article and sometimes we talk about characters sometimes we talk about plot sometimes I just talk about random things about writing Um, so yes that keeps me in tune it it actually makes me think and that requires a lot of research as well writing a firm magazine requires a lot of research requires you have a certain tone when you write and being able to be consistent in what you're saying yes so and it's completely different to fiction Mm -hmm. because it's more factual and yeah a different tone like you said exactly I'm a fantasy author so when I write for my magazines it's all entrepreneur business or giving tips to writers And you have to do it in a manner that connects with your general audience. Yes, because not all of the audience are writers. So you need to um, you need to have it relatable to them as well and interesting to them. Yes, it's a very fine line, a very hard line to keep sometimes. Yes. But we are almost out of time. And it was so great having you on the show today. Thank you. It was great to be here. And for all of our readers and our listeners, happy reading. 